And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Matters. You're live in the studios of Triple H 100.1 for FM for another fantastic uh, broadcast all about small business education. And boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you today. Never has there been a better time to sit down grab a cup of tea, say a cup of tea that lasts about, oh, I don't know, six months and educate yourself. We've got tons of stuff coming up on today's show. We're going to start off with Julian Bullock to anyone who is on LinkedIn knows her as the LinkedIn Ninja. She's going to be helping us get educated, get inspired, understand what LinkedIn means to you, especially if you are a business to business business. And then we're going to be speaking with at 9.30am to Kylie Parker, who is an absolutely fantastic accountant. She speaks worldwide. She's an author. She knows her stuff and she's going to help us unpack the latest round of stimulus, which came only last night. So let me apologise in advance and say we've only had 12 hours to digest this information. Kylie's going to do her best. We're all going to do our best to make sure that you've got all the info that you need. And if not, we're going to send you to places where there is more information available. But let's get straight into the program because... Uh, we have today phoning in Gillian Bullock. Now, LinkedIn is the place to be if you're B2B. We all know that. Uh, but we're getting more in terms of messaging, profile and social strategy correct. How can we possibly understand that algorithm and uh, what keeps it, that actually keeps changing? And how can you tell if your message is even making a difference? So like all social media platforms, there's the good, there's the bad and there's the ugly. You still need to be yourself. You still need to be polite and wear your happy face and know where the dangers lie. But this is a business other than, this is different. This is business, not socialising. And sometimes it can be hard to tell the difference. There's literally no one else I would rather have on this program to educate you guys about LinkedIn, your profile, your social media planning than Julian Bullock. She speaks all over Australia. She's the only certified LinkedIn ninja in Australia and is incredibly generous with her knowledge on the LinkedIn matrix. Welcome to the program, Julian. Hello, I've got my cold cup of tea with me. <laughs> yeah, cold cup of tea. I know, it's like it's everyone's got a six-month-old cold cup of tea. <laughs> Beautiful. Milk's going really lovely now. <laughs> hey, can I get you to um, hop off your uh, your speakerphone and perhaps use your phone directly? We might get a little bit better sound uh, from that. I am off the speakerphone. It's actually in my ear, but I can go direct, direct if you like. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, I know. We're all Is just... Is that um, any better? Yes, that's perfect. We're all experiencing okay, I'll this. Hold my I, hands free. I, I must say that even the ABC is still sort of struggling with the whole phone in and things. But thank you very much for making yourself available. Now let's Hello. get straight into it. Let's talk about why LinkedIn is so important to business and where it's you need, where you need to be. Well, for business to business, it is the leading social media platform. Um, that's sort of always been the case. It. it LinkedIn has morphed over time in the last 15, 15 years from purely uploading your resume and finding jobs um, to actually, you know, the B2B market has gone, oh, hang on, there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, let's let's go in and crash the party. Um, and I guess the, the other opportunity, the flip side of that, is that recruitment is still the major income driver for LinkedIn. So it's not turning into Facebook pay-to-play. That's the that's a huge difference for the B two B market. But as time goes on over the last twelve years, I've been watching more and more B two C coming into it slowly. So I think that's because everybody feels as though there was a phase there where everybody felt like they had to be across all social media platforms and LinkedIn was simply one of them. But it seems to be as though it's refining itself back to being B2B. What do you mean by 
It's un- so you don't believe it's likely that it's going to be a paid model for anybody other than uh, those who are using it for recruitment purposes. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah. So it's it's not a main driving force. Um, so yes, there is subscriptions. Um, as you know, there's you know premium subscription and sales navigator and all that sort of thing. But that's that's only about seventeen percent of the income. It's the recruitment side that brings in about sixty four percent of LinkedIn's income. So it is still recruitment driven, and LinkedIn's objective is like, okay, well let's let's get organic reach right and there as much as possible because then we can um, make sure that a lot of people are on here. We can advertise the right jobs to them and that sort of thing, and then we can sell huge amounts of um, you know online online advertising to the really big boys uh, and make a lot of money from like American Express and the banks and. All that sort of things as well. That is that is a side to it, but if you don't, you can get a heck of a lot of reach even on a basic profile that you haven't paid a cent for. Yeah, that's very different to Facebook. That's right, and I think that that's where the difference lies is because your reach, um, because you're specifically looking for businesses, can be better. I know, for example, um, some businesses might have done some beta testing where they put exactly the same thing on Facebook and exactly the same thing on LinkedIn mm. and other channels as well, but they never got the quite the same traction. Is that because yeah. the way the algorithm works is there to favour businesses who are? Um, looking to seek out the attention of other businesses. Is that one of the ways that it, it works, the system? Well, it's also, like, if you look at when when both of the platforms, Facebook again and LinkedIn, started doing advertising, Facebook back in the day was maybe two cents a click or something, right? Um, LinkedIn started at, like, $6. So it's just, you know, where are they going to go upwards from there? Mm. starting at it as a ridiculous cost to start with so you know it's kind of there's no way there's no way to go with that now let's so, let's talk broadly about um, us as users and how to cut through all that noise because I guess with everything you have a look at what's happening in your feed and you, you build up your connection so you've got more people looking at you and therefore what they look at others look at as well. How mm-hmm. do you? What are some really practical strategies you can give people to improve those views of their post um, and just how to cut through? What's some broad strategies to cut through the noise and make sure that what you say stands out? Um, I think there's a lot to do with um, originality and uniqueness. Like, <laughs> um, so, for instance, what's very topical at the moment, of course, is coronavirus and um, you know, COVID-19 hashtag and that sort of thing. And there's so many people jumping on the bandwagon. And it's kind of ridiculous. It's the people are not staying in their lane of what they can do and what they can offer during this period of time. And so they're sharing information that's quite often not substantiated, not from a, a proper source. And that's why, you know, it's almost becoming, some of it's becoming almost fake news because... That's not their lane. Yeah. It affects them, sure. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have a clue. Like, I, I found out recently, a couple of weeks ago, that, you know, the flu vaccines won't help with COVID. It's not my area of expertise. That's so right. So I'm not going to start posting about it, or even worse, what I've seen, is people doing, like, a COVID sale. 
<laughs> right. So the main thing would be definitely to, I guess, make sure that, like you said, I love that expression, staying in your lane and making sure that you're sticking to what it is that you do. But that's that's hard in these difficult times because a lot of people are trying to priv- pivot into other areas. But I guess they shouldn't be pivoting to something they don't know about, such as medical information. Well, yes, exactly. There is there is areas that you can pivot into. You know, for instance, if you're a speaker, you can pivot into doing stuff online. If you had programs that you ran inside the corporate space, then tell people they can now be available um, remotely. That sort of thing. The thing that's, that's sort of interrupted and come into, into my sphere is that LinkedIn is up by about 26% on activity. So for me, my pivot, if you like, whilst staying in my own lane, is guess what, people? There's more there's more activity on LinkedIn than there has been the previous months and previous years. So now is the time to start updating your profile. Now is the time to actually not sit at home in a hole with your sucking your thumb in a fetal position. It's actually going, okay, let me be more active. Let me pivot my profile and let people know that I can offer my services online. So- if, we, if we don't pivot that way, we could head into a recession. Now, I know you know way more about this stuff than I do because I've seen heaps of your posting and, you know, small business is your thing. But there's no need for everybody to shut down. We can pivot, but pivot in your own lane. Yeah. Let's talk about um, ways to get your messaging out there. One of the things I'm hearing you say is make sure that you're sticking to what you know and what you're good at and if need be, pivot into different aspects of that, but don't suddenly have a major career change because that, if anything else, will confuse your LinkedIn audience. How do you, how do you get through um, all of the, the jargon out there, apart from, you know, being genuine and being yourself, which is what we say with all social media postings. Are there some tips and tricks around times of day and uh, methods that you can use to help get the messaging out there to more people? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's kind of quite logical in the sense that if you're, let's say your audience is an Australian audience, okay, there's different times during the day. Now, this was in business as usual time when people were actually commuting by train and so forth and not homeschooling, right? But there's periods of time in the day when people are commuting. So your morning your morning time, morning tea, lunchtime, afternoon tea and, and commute home. Now, thinking of, of in, those, in those respects, right, if you're posting at, say, 8 o'clock in the morning, you've got the morning commute people... And then as they start um, commenting and engaging with your post, you've got the rest of the day to keep building momentum. Versus if you do it in the afternoon commute time, you're not going to keep building momentum. As soon as that person goes off the train and starts walking home or, you know, whatever they need to do, now it's dinner time, putting the kids to bed, blah, 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 they're probably not on there. So you're actually losing momentum if you do it in the afternoon. Versus, if your market is primarily American, then possibly posting at about 10 p.m. at night is morning for you know the majority of the um, North, North America. Just for an example, so if that's your primary target market, then yeah, doing it at night is a great idea. So think about when your people are awake and actually post, and that becomes your peak time because that's when they're awake. 
Yeah, so it's not just about that. You know, I think we've all figured out that when people are online, just like we are, that's the peak times. But it's interesting that you say that about international users and who your international clients are and when they're more likely to get on. And don't forget about... um, uh, daylight saving across the globe as well, guys, because you need to be across sure. that and you might be an hour out either way. What about um, those first few minutes? Are they really crucial um, after you've posted? Yeah, you've got you've got little pockets of time. So you've got about sort of 15, 20 minutes and you've got a half an hour and then you've got maybe up to an hour. And the algorithms are looking for early um, engagements and a really easy way to get that is to tag people, especially if you know that they're active. And I must point out at this point also that it's relevant. If, I, if I'm tagged, I mean, I'm active, obviously, but if I'm tagged onto something to do with, you know, Bitcoin or the world economy, I wouldn't have a clue. I can't answer that. I don't even know what they're talking about. So, yeah, I'm active, but I'm pretty much going to ignore it because I don't have anything to say. I'm, I'm learning, if I'm interested, I'm learning about it too. I can't contribute anything. Yeah, so, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. Make sure that the yeah. people who you're tagging in are actually relevant to the conversation that you're starting and then get them to contribute to the conversation. Do you think that Absolutely. that idea of saying to people, what do you think, or asking them for their opinion on something, is that a good way to catch people and get into your conversation? Yeah, if they are if they are experts in that environment, especially if that's their area of expertise, it never hurts to butter someone up and say, I would love to get your opinion on this because you're an expert. And people are, oh, I have just been told I'm an expert. I don't let everybody know in their connections that I'm an expert. Of course I'm going to connect. Yes, just... It's just like when you have people over for coffee <laughs> and you say, can, can I ask your advice? Nobody ever says no to that. Well, yeah, yeah, they've all got advice on the, the latest property in their neighbourhood or whatever it is. <laughs> what about um, posts versus articles versus comments? Is there a way that um, we can be aware of what the best way is to... Are you better off sharing something or are you better off cut and pasting and putting it into your own words? What's, what's the best way to... Um, add value to a post? Okay, so there's a few questions there. <laughs> um, let me start with the last one first. So sharing stuff, okay. Are you talking about sharing somebody else's article? Yes. Post and that sort of thing? Okay. So algorithmically, um, if you like, or through the matrix, it's wonderful for the person that was the author of the post. It's really great from them. It gives them extra points. It gives them more reach to their own connections, all that sort of thing. If people are making a habit of that consistently and they're thinking to themselves, being more consistent, I'm just being more visible about other people's stuff, keep in mind the algorithm doesn't really care about it from your point of view. So if I was to share your stuff um, on, you know, what's happening with the government or something like that, it boosts your post, but it doesn't reach very far for mine. So if you're happy to do that to support somebody in your network, it could be a client, it could be a very strategic connection, then go for it. But if you're trying to do it to get more reach, then it sucks as a strategy. Right, so it's more to help the person that you're, it's almost a supportive mechanism that you're helping someone else to do that, rather yeah. than uh, rather than doing it for yourself and gaining some traction off what it is that they said in the first place. Yeah, you get very little traction from sharing somebody else's content. Now, I've noticed with articles that you actually put it 
half decent amount of, of effort into it because it's an article and it's yeah. wordy and then you get nothing. Like, is that, <laughs> what is that? Aren't they wanting people to produce good content for their platform? Is there, there's no reward in that, in that effort. Well, three years ago, I it was really good. You, you could organically get, you know, 200,000 views on a, on a good article because they had all sorts of channels, which they kind of explained was like a magazine. You know, they do um, a magazine on leadership and management, for example, and they called that a channel. And if you did the post right, you could get it into a channel and therefore LinkedIn boosted the bejesus out of it. And it went great done. Um, you know, not three, three years ago, they went, mm, no, not so much. We're going to push people towards the post now. So, yeah, you, without spending, I probably spend somewhere between one to two hours doing promotions after an article. So you need to promote it Literally. once you've actually written it. Otherwise, it yes. just falls off into the ether. And that's just because yes. the algorithm at the moment is not favouring articles. No, it doesn't favour. And it's gone even worse lately. I don't know if your profile's been updated as well. Uh, on the, in the activity section on your own profile, you used to have your latest article anchored on the left. It's gone now because of the feature that, you know, the featured section that's now come in? Yes. That has completely eliminated organic traffic going to your anchored article on your profile. So it's even harder to find them now. And <laughs> where, where, does, um, where does LinkedIn Live fit in all of this? Because... That's kind of happened quietly. You had to apply. You had to be given permission to use it. Then you have to use a different platform. Where does that mm. sit in the algorithm? Are they not pushing that out yet? Because seemingly it's no, not much different from if you just put in a post and you've got X number of followers. Okay. So the first wave of the pilot program started, um, they had six papers. Incredible. There was one um, person in Melbourne that had it, and um, coming out, and yeah, it was in the world. Um, and then I think they invited people as an application. So um, people that that lived in a lot of them were the top voices on LinkedIn. Some were one without people. Um, and invited them along to the other pilot and they were getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people going on their lives because it was novel. Um, from that point, the next wave, because uh, I think we're about at the fourth or fifth wave now, which is an application base. And you need to go, if you just go into the help centre on LinkedIn and type in LinkedIn Live application, you can go to the application page. Um, and there is all sorts of criteria. So... They are looking for people that do video regularly, um, which I don't exactly, um, and they're also looking for evidence that you've done live before. If you've had, if you've got links to a YouTube channel, if you've done Facebook lives, things like that, um, and then they can sort of assess what you've done before, how well you speak, and all that sort of stuff. So it is quite a detailed process before you're given permission. It is, it is, and I, I find it fascinating because one of the criteria that you agree to is not giving any advice about LinkedIn, um, which, of course, why I was rejected. I knew I would be, but I applied anyway, so I know what the application process was yeah. um, in case the clients want to do it. And I came up with about 20 topics that were outside of, you know, not saying 
I just want to, because we've only got a few minutes left, but I just wanted to talk oh, okay. to you about the the issue with fake profiles on LinkedIn and how yeah. we can protect ourselves against that. I, for one, have noticed a couple of people saying that they work for my company um, oh. and I know that they exist. So it does happen. Um, what can we do to protect mm-hmm. ourselves against it? Um, okay. If you have a request to join your, your network and you must go over and have a look at them. It, it would literally take 30, 40 seconds to just scan a profile and look for anomalies. Um, some people go as far as to do a Google search for the image and check how many times that image has been used. And some of them are like 2 million pieces on one image. Obviously, that's a fake image. Um, there's things that don't add up. So the company they work at is not in the same country as the universities they went to. It, it, it just don't make sense. Um, I had one the other day that was about 20,000 connections, but when you go to their skills section, they've got about six endorsements on a skill. That's not possible if it's a real person. Yeah. It's just in no way. Yeah. So there's been a lot of people that have accepted that person as a connection request. Um, so there's, there's things that common sense just doesn't make sense. Um, and you can always, on the desktop, there's a setting there if you say, more and click on that, you can actually message the person before you accept their connection request and say, you know, thanks for reaching out, not sure why you wanted to um, connect with me. And invariably the fake profiles are done through bots anyway, and so they don't answer. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to play whack a mole with with LinkedIn because it ends up being quite uh, quite dangerous because you could end up you know, liking and getting followers of people who are not connected to you at all. Yeah, but they also data mine from your profile. Yeah, yeah. And so you're added onto every list in the sign of Timbuktu as well on an email database. Right. So that's the major problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, um, I'd like to thank you, Gillian, for for sharing all of your information um, and all that wealth of knowledge. There is so much there. Can you tell people how can how people can find out a little bit more about you should they wish to use your services? Sure, sure. The easiest way is to actually join me on LinkedIn. So, <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, so it's LinkedIn.com forward slash in, as in every other person's address has got all that, and then Gillian Bullock, J I W L I A N Bullock B U L L O C K, just like Sandra Bullock, the actress. Well, thank you so much for sharing us with us all that information. It's 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 been fascinating. I've already learnt two or three things and been jotting down some notes. I have to go home and have a look at my You're profile. Cool. We'll have to get you back on the program so we can talk about um, building a really good profile as well and making sure that you've got that um, information about you out there.